world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're talking about a basketball game the Portland Trailblazers played on Wednesday evening in Dallas, Texas. It didn't go well. <laughs> the Blazers were shorthanded. They left even more shorthanded. And they got walloped. Mollywopped. Dominated. Dusted. Beat down. We'll recap that game against the Mavs. Talk a little bit about Ibubaji, who got his first career NBA start tonight. Uh, and kind of the philosophy behind what's next for the Blazers as they continue down the rest of this path. Uh... They're 33 games into this thing, and with 49 left, what do they do and how do they focus the rest of the season? This we'll talk about a little bit in the second segment. And then I want to I ask this question. We're, we're creeping up towards the midway point of the season. Happens, you know, mid-January, second half of January. What does this team do well? What do they do well? What, what do the Blazers do well? Because tonight they didn't do anything well. I think their jerseys actually looked pretty good. They had good-looking jerseys. They dressed well. What do they do well? Let's let's talk about that to close the show. But first, let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 126-97. They lost by 29. I'm not a hundred percent. I think this was I think this was a not as close as the box score reads, and they lost by 29. Ooh, ooh. Mavs led 9-0 to start this game. And, and that was it. <laughs> it was over. It was over. It was over. Nine nothing. Blazers kind of hung around, but played well. Closed the first quarter, uh, 25, 25, down 35 25 after one. But again, a nine nothing start, the worst first, qu- first quarter team in the league. They have another one. But the Blazers are playing shorthanded, right? They're, they're, um, they're, no um, no DeAndre Ayton in this game, no Moses Brown. So they're starting Ibu Baji at center. But Anthony Simons is back in the lineup. Uh, Tumani Kamara re- rejoins the lineup. Shaden Sharp is back after, you know, he's, you know, he came back and was, wasn't on the injury report. So he's back. So you get Scoot and Ants and Tumani Kamara back in the starting lineup and Jeremy Grant and along with Ibu Baji. You're going to have Malcolm Brogdon and Shaden Sharp off the bench. You know, you you don't have, Duop Reith is back and healthy. Like you don't have everybody, but you're healthier than you've been of late. You can be shorthanded playing on the road. The Mavs have just got thrashed in their last game. You know they're going to be focused and try to get back and get right in a, in a home game. And they do in a hurry. And then the second quarter of the game just gets away from the Blazers, and that's that. They lose the second quarter 43-22. They get 43 points in that second quarter. They in, go into halftime down 78-47. The Blazers scored 22 points in the second quarter. Luka Doncic had 17. Kyrie Irving had 14 in the second quarter alone. The Mavericks shot uh, darn near 70%, just uh, 69.6% in the first half, 70% from the field. They made everything. They scored 78 points. It didn't, the game was over. It was over. Uh, A really strange end to this half, into the the first half though. Um, Parade of free throws, Mavs, Mavs, uh, you know, they, they, the Blazers had 11 fouls in the first quarter. The Mavs took uh, damn near 25 free throws in the first half. It's just like, 
the Blazers were pretty foul happy. They play aggressive. They're they're already a kind of a high foul team. They're 21st in the league in free throw rate. So it's like they kind of they're you know they're a team that fouls fairly often. Luka Doncic a foul magnet. I thought the Mavs got a pretty um, a pretty healthy whistle, but like I I don't know. I don't know. When you're down 30, you didn't lose because of the refs. You got, you're just down 30. But, uh, you know, it was like, it was a, a whistle happy game, right? There's been, there's been a lot of free throws, a really long first quarter because there's a lot of free throws. Uh, but with 90 seconds left in the first half, Duop Breath catches the ball in the paint and turns to the rim and catches Josh Green, his Australian national team teammate, in the face with an elbow. Green goes down. It looked like it hurt a lot. So I would not want to take an elbow from Duop Breath. He's big. Um, he's big. Big with big old elbows. And um, they reviewed it and they kicked him out with a flagrant two. I don't, I don't get it. That's basketball. I, I'm not 100% sure that if you let Josh Green call his own foul that he calls a foul there. It's basketball. He's turning to shoot and Josh Green is crowding him. Sometimes he get hit in the face playing basketball. Did it hurt? Yes. Was it, was it absolutely painful? Yes. Is it letter of the law a flagrant foul? Probably. Probably in the way the NBA works now. It is probably if you turn and hit someone in the face with your elbow, that is probably letter of the law, flagrant one. To kick someone out for turning to try to shoot, like the flagrant two determines that it was excessive and unnecessary, just and just nonsense. It was a nonsense call. Um, I don't think... I, I, the rest of the refing stuff is just like, yeah, the Blazers fouled a lot. That was just stu- just an awful call. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. Did it look like it hurt Josh Green though? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would that would stink. So the Blazers now playing without Moses Brown, playing without DeAndre Ayton, lose to Reith, their best center healthy on the roster. So they are, you know, they've been trying to play Baji, but he's. And we'll talk about him in the second segment. He's, you know, he's he's kind of looking like a dude playing very early into his his first year in the league. So they start in the second half with Jabari Walker. Mind you, they're down seventy eight forty seven, right? Like losing Reith wasn't going to change the game, but it was going to make it more watchable for folks like you and I. And then Jabari Walker, three minutes into the second half, at the 8.58 mark, there's a dead ball, and he signals to come out and leaves. I rewatched the beginning of the second half. I don't know what he did. I don't. I'm, I think there was a moment when the Blazers were on offense and, and Jabari was going up for a rebound where he kind of gets bumped into the uh, the sideline out of bounds and, and steps maybe on near or around a cameraman, like somebody on the baseline there. Um, and, and, and maybe he was, he didn't, he didn't limp, but he came up, he was a little slow coming out of that area and he went up and down the court three more times and I was waiting to, when I rewatch it, to watch the like, oh, here he stepped on someone, here he banged knees, here, whatever. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. Um, I don't know what happened. Um, and as I'm recording this, I have not heard an update from the reporters in in the building. Um, I think only Casey Holdall of the Blazers traveling cohort is there. So check Casey's Twitter feed and trailblazers.com for for an update there. Um, I, I can't imagine the team like PR staff provides an, an official detail. So it's it's we probably just won't know for a little bit. Um, but they lose Jabari Walker. 90 seconds or three minutes into the into the second half. So now they're down to Ibubaji and Tamari Kumara slash Jeremy Grant playing center. Like the game was already over. They're down 30. Like the game, the game's over. But it just made like the you know, hey, maybe they can find some rhythm here in the second half. Just impossible. Impossible. Down 74-102 after three, and they lose 126-97. It was never a competitive basketball game in the second half. Uh, that's your fastest recap in the West. Um 
Just a stinker. Just a stinker. To the box score we go. Shaden Sharp, team high, 16 points on 6 of 12 shooting. Uh, I thought Sharp was, he's still he's 1 of 5 from 3, uh, but he's you know he's 5 of 7 inside the arc. I thought he was aggressive. Um, he got himself to the free throw line on one play where he missed a jump shot, went and got his own rebound, went right back up. That's what I want to see from Shaden. I, I liked that. I thought he was, if there was a bright spot in this game, I guess it was Shaden Sharp, but... Hard pressed, hard pressed to really believe it. Uh, 15 from Anthony Simons, his return. He was five of 16 from the floor, one of seven from three. He was bad. Jeremy Grant, 10 on four of nine shooting. Tamari Kamara, 10 before he fouled out after 20 minutes. Uh, Ibubaji was scoreless in his 14 minutes and 51 seconds and fouled out, turned the ball over four times, grabbed four boards. Did block two shots, though. He's active. Uh, 12 points for Matisse Thibel off the bench. Duop Reith had two before leaving. Jabari Walker, four before leaving. Malcolm Brogdon, he was bad in this game. Uh, he finished with five. Uh, Ish Wainwright got to come play in the second half. He had nine, two for Chris Murray, who played some extended garbage time, five for Skylar Mays. And I didn't mention Scoot Henderson, but I meant to. He had five. He was t- terrible. Uh, two of 11. Um, and he had he had finished with five bo- two, five boards and seven assists, but he turned the ball over six times and he's just bad. It's bad. This was, this was a bad scoot game. It is what it is. Um, he's 19 and he looked like it's out of his depth. Um, he just, just, just a, a true stinker. Uh, the Mavs, this game was just, this game sucked for everybody. The Mavs lost two important rotation players injuries Derek Lively left the game with a with a twisted ankle and then Grant Williams hobbled off the court in the in the, in the second half like just what the heck what the heck just just true bummers all the way around uh Luka Doncic 41 6 and 5 29 for Kyrie Irving who was so freaking good in that second quarter kind of kind of changed the game Tim Hardaway 14 off the bench Marquise Morris had 11 he came in and played after after Grant Williams and Lively got hurt uh Josh Green had 8 Derek Jones had 5 uh Lively was scoreless in his 19 minutes Dwight Powell 5 his his backup Grant Williams had 2 and uh, who else did I miss? AJ Lawson, three, and Olivier Maxens Prosper. Omax had five. Uh, old friend Brandon Williams played six minutes, former Blazer greats, uh, for, in garbage time for the for this team. That That's, I mean, we don't need to go into it anymore. Um, they, they got smacked, and they play the Mavericks on Friday. I want to talk more big-picture stuff, and I want to center this big-picture conversation around Ibu Baji, who played uh, in this game. That's what we'll do in the second segment. Let's talk. Let's let's zoom out a little bit and talk about the Blazers' philosophy moving forward for the final 49 games of the regular season through the lens of Ibu Baji. But first, I want to tell you that today's episode and this show brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Therapy can be super helpful if you are having an acute traumatic event and you want to get help to work through a major trauma that is immediately impacting your life. But also therapy can just be the ongoing maintenance to help your brain and really give you the tools to work on being the best version of yourself. Uh, regular therapy can help you develop the skills that that can make life easier or at least inform you how to make life a little bit easier to navigate. So celebrate the progress you've already made and visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA, betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. All right. So, 
Ibu Baji starts in this game. Fun, fun, fun player, right? Like it's the Blazers' season is kind of light on fun, and it's 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 fun to root for for Ibu, right? Plays his butt off. He's gigantic. He has fun blonde hair. He looks like super sized Cisco. Um, if, if you are too old or too young to know who Cisco is, um, he's he's an enthusiastic about underwear. Um, it's it is. Baji is just like in in a season when you are 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 hopeful to find something to be excited about with this team he's giving you that thing to be excited about right he is he's um a super raw young center who could be you know this like great developmental victory if the blazers um can can grow him into something or if he grows into something you know wherever it might be blazers or otherwise a really fun story out of the nba africa program and uh you know spent spent a playing for the Wisconsin Herd in the G League, spent a year playing for the Wisconsin Herd in the G League, you know, spent last season with the Blazers on a two-way contract, but didn't play, and is finally getting his, he's 21 years old, he's, you know, he's basically been playing basketball for five years, and he's like, he's just, he's a giant person who's really plays his butt off and, and has, and can really, really leap, like, the speed, the hops, um, the, the defensive intensity, like, he's just fun to root for. But he's also just like not very good right now. He's raw. I think like in the first possession of the game, um, the first time he touched it in the in the game, he it was a pass that was a little bit behind him, but it's a pass he has to catch, smacked off his hands, and, and so it's, it's, it's a turnover. You know, every time he gets a double team, throws it, you know, throws a little, throws it, say, okay, hey, you're the you're the release valve, Baji. Baji doesn't catch it, turnover, they go the other way. Blazers turn the ball over eight times in the first quarter while they were uh, falling behind by double digits. You know, what Baji does well is that he rotates over and has a sense of rim protection, like a high level sense of like, hey, I'm going to block you when you go to the rim. He's not great with the ball right in front of him, but he's if he can be a weak side prote- rim protector, he's good at it. Um, and, he play, and, he, and he tries to rebound really hard. He's really active as a rebounder. He has some, some tools to be much more than that, right? Like he has some physical tools and it's like maybe he could be a versatile defender because he can really move. Um, and he's so big. So if he gets his hands right, like it's just his, his hands were really on display today. He couldn't catch anything. Lost a couple of rebounds and had and ended up being jump balls because he just couldn't secure the ball. Um, a couple times got knocked away from him because it's just like um, it's not a skill of his right now. So you know he's it, but like the things he does. If if the ask for Baji was really small and specific, this is, happens with a lot of players who are still kind of finding their way, and particularly just like raw young players who are developing. And I think you're seeing this with Scoot uh, to some extent, at least on and off. He's having more ups and downs. He's obviously way more skilled than Baji. It's like a weird comparison, but you know, young players um, when the ask gets a little bigger, when you expand what they want to do, they can get exposed, right? Like when the, when it's really narrow, it says. Here's what we want to do. I want you to set a screen. I want you to roll the rim. I want you to get rebounds. I want you to block shots. And you can foul out because you're only going to play 17 minutes. Go play your butt off. When that's the ask of Baji, I think 17 might even be a lot, right? But uh, like if he was a third center and he came in in certain matchups to play a six-minute stretch in one of in the first or second half, you know, one quarter of, of a six-minute stretch and said, just, just absolutely do what you do. Play as hard as you possibly can. I think you you could kind of maximize positives, right? Because you'd really narrow the ask. But when you expand the ask, like the Blazers like had to today because of the nature of the roster, he looks out of sorts. He looks out of place, and he get the things he doesn't do well gets exposed. And like you know, Luka Doncic is a master manipulator. He he was able to slip by Baji or, or freeze him with look away, so Baji didn't even challenge him at the rim a handful of times. Like yeah, like. As it as it turns out, these are the best players in the league. Um, 
but that kind of brings me to this holistic idea with the Blazers. If they're healthy, DeAndre Ayton's going to play 35, you know, 30, 32 to 35 minutes a night, maybe 32 to 37 minutes a night. Play a bunch. So 11 center minutes remaining there. Uh, the Blazers have been effective going small, although I don't think that's ideal for them. But it's fine if they do. And Duopreeth has been pretty darn good. He's been their most positively impactful player, according to the, the advanced impact numbers. He's he's good, and the shooting opens up things for the Blazers. And I think that unique skill set gives them a different look that that Aiton does doesn't. And you know, and if you play Aiton only 30 minutes, you can get 18 out of Duop. Can't really play them together because of the defensive limitations. But um, like. You know, you 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 have your center rotation. I don't know, covered, but like spoken for to some extent. But I think the question is, with over the final forty nine games, is there a point when you just say, Baji's not ready to play at this level, but Duop Reith is twenty seven years old, and we can sign him to you know a multi year minimum contract and have him through through his 30th birthday on the roster and taken care of. And we kind of know what he will bring and he can, and he's kind of closer. He's pretty close to a finished product where Baji is so raw and can, and has, you know, he has much, much, much more room to grow. Um, what you think of Baji's upside is maybe the eye of the beholder. I'm not sure I, I see him as like a, um, uh, ever becoming a high, high level starting player in the league by any means, but certainly he is, um, when you are when you are when you have the physical gifts he has and you have as much room to grow as he has the, there is a real real upside to be tapped into and so I, I think this is kind of where the blazers find themselves do they play to upreath a straight up good backup center or do they make some decision at some point down the line and say we're going to be worse but we're going to value the future we're going to be worse but we this is going to pay we think this could pay off down in in the future or do you just send Baji to the remix and just say hey you're a mixer and you know play a bunch of G League minutes and we'll just see when we see you that's a decision they have to make and i think at some point this this decision happens across the roster do you cut into Jeremy Grant's minutes because you want to see more Jabari Walker? You want to see more Chris Murray? Do you cut into, um, you know, do you, do you just say, okay, you know, I, hopefully they trade Malcolm Brogdon and, and get some other other players on the roster just so they don't have to make that decision with the guards. But if, if he's still there, it's like, do you cut into Malcolm Brogdon's minutes pretty aggressively and say, listen, Shaden Sharp's going to play and, and Scoot's going to play and every time he's going to play because, you know, they're, they're part of the future. I think Baji is an interesting lens to look at what they're going to decide. This team isn't very good, and I don't think it's a problem that they're very good. We knew they weren't going to be very good. Like, if you listen to the podcast, I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They're 9-24. and 24. It's fine. This, this is kind of the plan. This, things are going great. <laughs> this is the direction you want. Um, I mean, I think they'll lose. Like, tonight's loss, specifically um, yesterday's loss. You listen to Thursday, January 4th show, and the Blazers lost last night horrifically, and they played the Mavs again tomorrow on Friday. Um, so, like, but... You know, the first the the Wednesday game against the the Mavs, withstanding like the losses aren't aren't deeply and meaningful. At some point, what's meaningful is the development. Do you choose Baji, who fouled out in 15 minutes and looked out of his depth, but has tantalizing tools? Do you get him NBA seasoning to see if those tools can sharpen, or do you say, "Hey, 
we, you know, this isn't the place, this isn't the, the, we're not ready to do that yet. And the final 15 games of the regular season or the final 10 games of the regular season, final six games, whatever it is, at what point do you make that call? You probably have to at some point. Um, you know, if DeAndre Ayton's knee never gets right, I never, I don't want to put that on him. If DeAndre Ayton's absence continues, then the decision is right there for you. Play Baji, see what you got. But when they're healthy, you at some point have to make a decision of what direction you go. And I think Baji is a great lens to consider the decisions they got to make. Because what do they want to be? And what what are they after? Like, what is, what is this group after? Do they want to be, you know, I think one of the issues is that coaches try to win. So if Billups had his choice, he'd probably play better players. But the organization can, you know, you have those conversations behind the scenes. What do you value? And I think watching Baji's minutes and watching how they treat all of those sort of fringe decisions, right? In terms of Jeremy Grant's minutes and Malcolm Brogdon's minutes, and, and to some extent, like how much do they, do they, um, you know, at some point do they just say, we the, the center of the future, like the young center, the center of our future is DeAndre Ayton. We're going to play him 40 minutes a night. Like do, what decisions do they make in terms of prioritizing the future and, and, I don't maybe maybe not necessarily punting if it's DA who they lean into, but like, at what point do they start t- thinking about how this helps them in 2025 and 2026, and not worry at all about 2024? I'll be curious what what they decide. I'll be curious what 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 direction, what decision they end up making because, um, you know, it's clear at some point they are, like they're 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 not a playing team, right? It's, I, I think I think it's pretty clear they do not have the talent to be that. So what do they what what do they do? Which which is also what I want to talk about. Not what do they do, but what what are they? To close the show. What does this team do well? We're 33 games into the season, and I think after a frustrating night like this game against the Mavs, where they just got thrashed, I want to ask the question and try to answer it as best I can. What do they do well? And what does doing stuff well mean moving forward? What do you prioritize? What do you look at? And what do you try to build on? That's what we'll talk about to close the show. We're talking about young teams and building blocks, the philosophy of growing with the Blazers. That's what we'll do to close the show. Join me there. But first... Let's talk FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Look, the NFL season is winding down. It is, you got one regular season a week left. Then you got the playoffs. But FanDuel still wants you to get in on the action, and they're giving you a little incentive to do so. New users can place a $5 bet, any $5 bet, and get $150 in bonus in bonus bets to play with. You just got to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get involved. Once you Once you place your bet, Five bucks, anything you want. You get 150 bucks in bonus bets to play with. That's $150 in the in-app to make some wagers on things like live parlays of games or really elaborate multi-sport parlays. Or they got an explore tab so you can see what other folks are betting on, what are popular uh, wagers happening each and every day. You can bet over-unders and player props. You can make futures bets if you got your eye on who's going to win the Super Bowl coming up here in the first week of February. you got about a month out. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Lockdown Blazers. I came away from this Mavs game, um, I'll say challenged. 
you know, I do this. I do this five days a week, right? Uh, I spend a lot of my my brain energy thinking about the Portland Trailblazers. Um, you know, th- this th- this team. They, they can't break me, right? Like my spirit will not be affected by them going nine and 24. But I, what, I, what I want to do is like talk about something of relevance and not just scream about losses because I think like saying like, Chauncey Billups can't coach is just like not a productive way to talk about the team. I've I've said a bunch and I'll say it again here because I just made the joke. It's like I don't think John C. Bill is a very good coach, but it doesn't. It, it's neither here nor there because you're not going to make any decisions about his future until you get to the offseason and perhaps even after that. And tonight, pretty shorthanded, pretty light up fronts. Chauncey Billups can't coach, you know, he can't, can't magically get guys healthy. They don't play well. That falls on the coach for sure. But here in this space, as opposed to, I, I don't want to just rage because like I said, there's 49 games remaining. So screaming about like, Jeremy Grant has to play better. Scoot Henderson looks bad. What is, you know, what does Avery Simons do if he only goes one for seven? It, it's just, it's, it's the productive thing in my eyes is to think about what this team does well. What do they do well? Because the point of the season is to build, is to find out what your foundation might be and start building from there. If you find out that you don't really have a foundation, that might be as valuable as anything saying like, okay, none of this works. Here's what we do. Or, hey, this one and a half things work. Three and a half things work. Seven things work. Here we go. I think so far, 33 games in, the Blazers do two things well, two things legitimately well, where they're like good at it. They force turnovers on defense because they play a really active style of defense. Um, Tumani Kamara has been has been really solid there, and they they feed off how uh, how aggressive and ball hawking he is. I think Luka Doncic is uniquely skilled at taking advantage of someone like Tumani who overplays. Um, every time he would top, you know, the Blazers were top locking, which is like guarding on the high side of someone and, and for, trying to make it hard for them to get cut up towards the three-point line. Well, how you beat a top lucky back cut, Mavs back cut the Blazers to death in that second quarter. Kyrie did it. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. did it. Luka did it. Like, and, and Tumani was a victim a couple times. Uh, Matisse Thibel was a victim a couple times. Matisse Thibel, a artist in forcing turnovers. With uh, the way Tumani plays and the way Thibel plays, they've got unique defenders. If they could build, if they, if they had a couple other high-level defenders around them, they could start to build a pretty f- some pretty fun defensive groups around them, particularly if they can just coax DeAndre Ayton into being a better defender. I, will he get there? I have limited faith. But like, you can see the beginnings of, of a sort of defensive identity. They're a team that plays a very aggressive style defense and forces a bunch of turnovers. They're legitimately good at it. One of the top five teams in the league at forcing turnovers, according to Clean the Glass. That's something they're good at. The only thing they're really good at on offense is getting offensive rebounds. They miss a bunch of shots. They don't make threes. They don't score. They do not finish well at the rim. They do not shoot well from three. But what they do is they collect misses. These are building blocks. These are building blocks. So I know after games like this, it's like, what's the point? And and I feel that. I feel that. Like, I feel that. If you watch this game and you're listening to this podcast or you skip the game and you're just listening to the podcast, it's like, What's the point of this? The point is to build on what you do well. And I think the challenge for the Blazers for the remainder of the season, and I think the challenge for us, the viewing public, the remainder of the season, is find another thing. 
we're closing in the halfway point of the season. They're a good offensive rebounding team and they force turnovers on defense. What's another thing they can do well? Can they find a way to get Scoot going with consistency on offense? Shot making might never be there for him this season. That might be a thing he develops later in his career. Like that, it just it is what it is. But can they get him where the decisions are simpler and 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 cleaner for him and give him better opportunities? Can they find a way to get uh, Shaden Sharp continuously involved in the offense? Can whenever DeAndre Ayton gets back, he develops some chemistry with Scoot, develops some chemistry with with Anthony Simons, and you find out what you have in your young center next to your young guards. I don't know that you'll find another sort of skill you can point to this year where you say the Blazers are really good at this. You know, they're top 10 in the league in offensive rebounds, according to cleaningtheglass.com. It's like, I don't know that they're going to be like, that the Ant and DA pairing is all of a sudden going to be like, you know, number nine in the league in points per possession on pick and rolls or anything like that. But what if they develop a pretty solid base of, decision-making out of pick-and-rolls. I think Jabari Walker, before he got hurt tonight, was doing a really good job as a short-roll decision-maker. That's something you can build on. Uh, I think Tumani Kamara has shown that he can be a good cutter as a, like when he slips screens, goes like he's going to set a screen and slips to the rim. He's already a good cutter. What if you develop that a little more? What if you what if you can coax a little bit more out of that? This is, what do they do well? And I think that's the thing for them to focus on and for them to build on. There's some things they're not going to do well. You know, they they give up a ton of shots at the rim on offense. They don't make many shots on, or on defense, they give up a ton of shots at the rim. They let teams get to the rim too often. And, and on offense, they shoot a lot of bricks right i don't think you're going to magically change that necessarily but can you find little the little parts of the game to say we do this better now than we did at the end of the year or the beginning of the year by the end of the year what have you improved on what are things that you can point to and say these are these are bankable things that the blazers do well right now it's two if the blazers get to four if they double it by the end of the season i think you can consider that a legitimate success Bad teams are going to be bad, and the biggest thing you can do to improve a team is add talent, right? Like, that's the most important thing you can do, is add more talented players, and that's the Blazers' task for the trade deadline and then into the future, right, is to add more talent to the roster. But in the meantime, as you're watching them, instead of um, instead of getting frustrated, I, I my challenge to you, dear listener and dear Blazer watcher, is try to think of a thing they do legitimately well. And can they build on that? Is that a sustainable, bankable thing that you can say, okay, this works, and they can, and when they get better and they have better players around it, they can do that in the future. Jabari Walker is a short roll guy. If they had more and better shooters and more and better cutters around him, that might be a thing they can do. The process has to be the thing we celebrate because the results... You know, <laughs> sometimes they lose by 29 and it wasn't even that close. No rage, though. Positivity. Posi- at least, if not positivity. I don't think, I'm, I don't think I've been particularly positive in this, in this show by any means. But like perspective. I, I think that's what I want to try to try to encourage you. Find some perspective because if you get caught up in the this team stinks, you, we got a long way to go. And uh I need you to st- I need you to stick with me. I need you to stick with me because I'm going to keep rolling along. I'm going to keep trying to find perspective and to find ways to make this a uh, more interesting viewing experience. Starting with tomorrow's show, where Locked On Mavs host Nick Angstad will join the program. We'll talk about this game, look ahead to the next game, and kind of just 
pick someone's brain from outside, um, outside the Portland market who just saw the Blazers up close and kind of his view on the team and his view, um, uh, you know, another voice um, and, and sort of and, and get a, a look ahead to the next Mavericks meeting. Should be a good program. Do not miss. Should be a good episode. Rather, should be. It, it's, it's always a good. It is a good program, uh, but it should be a good episode. So come back. Join me for that one. That is going to be Friday show. And then guess what? We'll do five more next week. It's what we do. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.